Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Trina Shoemaker, producer, engineer, and mixer, and this is Bridge the Atlantic. Welcome to Bridge Atlantic's interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcin Novelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Speaking of which, if you'd like me to work on your next song or album, especially if it's acoustic, get in touch. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Patreon, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. We hope that you like our new intro, and that's just one of the many changes that we have on the way. Mm -hmm. uh, we are also excited to share that we made some significant updates to our Patreon page, and we invite you to become an official patron of the show to help things keep going and growing. Yes, uh, I had fun doing that, producing that new little jingle. Uh, perks include early access to content on uh, through our Patreon, as well as sponsored ads at the start and end of our shows, and your chance to co-host an episode alongside Ross and I. We've also got official BTA shirts available to purchase on our website, which we are modeling as always. There's modeling a is a strong our, word. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's maybe not the most accurate word, but it is them. a word. <laughs> There's a link to them in our show notes, so go and get them. And if you use the coupon code BTA Rocks, you'll receive 10% off your purchase as our little way of saying obrigado. Oh, he switched it up. The Lastly, I recently released a brand new acoustic EP called The Reimagining Volume 1. Uh, you can listen to it everywhere and anywhere. And I'm also working on my second full-length solo album. I encourage you to uh, be a part of it at my website, marcinavelli.com. All the info's there. All there. Joining us this week out of Alabama is Grammy Award-winning producer Trina Shoemaker. Trina has worked on records for artists including Sheryl Crow, Brandy Carlisle, The Dixie Chicks, Queens of the Stone Age, and Josh Ritter. And in 1998, she became the first woman to win a Grammy for Best Engineered Album. Oh, that's amazing. Trina is partnered with Dauphin Street Sound, a world-class recording studio run with heart and soul in Mobile, Alabama. We're really excited to hear about her experience in the music industry and the advice she'd offer to aspiring producers, engineers, and musicians. Welcome to the show, Trina. Hi. Thanks nice for to coming. be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. You are of course. welcome. It's Before we jump in, I actually want to say that that Brandy Carlisle album, uh, I want to say the fi oh, Fire Watcher's Daughter. That's the one. I was listening to that today, and uh, it's been a while since I last listened to it, but one of my favorite records. I love the sound and the warmth that that record has. So you played a big part of that. So thank you. Thank you. Kudos. You're welcome. Now tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Um, I am extraordinarily organized, um, to a bizarre fault almost. Um, I am, uh, a clean freak and I'm a closet artisan perfumer. I'm also a clean freak. 
And I, I'd like mm-hmm. to think that I'm organized. I want to be organized, but having two little ones in the house is just impossible to be organized. I try. I get such joy out of balancing. I want to balance yeah. the desk I'm sitting at now. I'm like, okay, look, we're going <laughs> yeah, to get can some. To that. It's all mixing. I mix my life as I walk through it yeah, by balancing yeah. <laughs> objects. I like that. I like and that. And my husband, you know, we've, we've fought over it. He's like, why do you move stuff? And I was like, I just, I rebalanced the room. It's a new song in here today. I put that, you know, (laughs) vase there. And I thought then the, you know, collection of guitar strings and the piece of pottery could be there. You use the full spectrum, right? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I like that. I like that you're mixing your life as you walk through it. That needs to be like, that could be your tagline. It is. Great. Can you make that happen for me? Can you make a hashtag for that? We're going to create a nice image for you. I need some help with that. Thanks, guys. Well, talk about balancing your life. Let's talk about how you balance music. Let's get right into it. Yes. I'd be really interested in finding out how you approach a session and maybe what your ideal session would look like. Um, I I approach sessions. It's it's hard for me to look at that as... um, in even like a quantitative way, because the last 32 years of my life, I have approached sessions. And so there's a, there is, I'm so comfortable and familiar in studios that it's hard for me to remember or how I would help someone else, you know, know how to approach a session because it's almost all that I know how to do. Hmm. But what always comes with them, no matter what, even now, all these years later is um, extreme anxiety, in, in the beginning that, is this going to be the one that won't sound good? Will I find out, will they find out I'm a fraud? <laughs> like all these years of making records, I don't know what I'm doing. And of course I do, but it's never a given that every session is going to just be stunning and amazing and we're going to kill it. So I, I, I set up very early. I want to be in there the day before. I want it set up, you know, just just every single thing done so that when the artist walks in, I can say, we're ready to record and then the the um, several problems that may arise, they feel easy. That's how I like functionally walk into a room and think, okay, let's get some microphones out. Let's come up with a layout and I'll do the back line and you guys start setting up mics in that part. Um, I'm, I want every one of them to go really, really well. And so, yeah, I'm nervous before a session. A lot of the records I do, they need to be good. These guys and... These, these, these artists go out and sell their records at their shows. It's how they live. It's how they pay their mortgages and stuff. So suddenly their record, it might not chart. It might not even come out on a label or anything, but it will feed their family. And that sounds a bit you know, dramatic, but it's true. And I care that much. I think I want your record to sound just stunning. And then you're going to go you know, pay for your kid's school with it. And that's awesome. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Any producer I work with, I, if I don't feel like they're just a hundred percent in it, like I am, then right. what's the point? You know. And I'm as nervous for them as I would be if a celebrity was going to walk in. Because right. either way, when you walk up to your vocal mic and put your headphones on, and you start singing, I want you to think, "Oh, this is mixed. <laughs> my live <laughs> performance is already done. It's fantastic, and this is what my record is going to sound like." How important do you think it is for producers and engineers uh, to stay true to their own preferences? And techniques when collaborating. Many artists that I'm um, working with, they want to feel and 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 sing their songs, and they want to sing them, um, and they do not want them molested. Hmm. They have to also be taught too. Comping is 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 no different than a live take. It's just that we're taking the best of several 
live takes and putting them together. I love comping. And all of the great, I, that's it. I love comping vocals. Yeah. I still get an enormous amount of almost like, um, frankly, sensual mm-hmm. joy out of the act of comping vocals because that's how I came up and it's an art and it's a craft. If I'm in a situation where in order for that comp to really be perfect, I will auto-tune. If they ask me not to, fine, re-sing it. And mm-hmm. um, I'll go down whatever path. I'm usually with artists that don't want to be auto-tuned, and so for them, I don't. And, I, and then um, I'm never, it's never going to be the go-to. Um, there was a time, and there was a very distinct line when that mm-hmm. time happened yeah. that went from that existed and and we used it and the time and there was a time before and it simply didn't and mm-hmm. that's when in order to get a vocal absolutely with the intonation perfect um i'm sorry singers were better they were mm-hmm. um they were they had to at, they had to be yeah. we had to spend hours um and i still do spend hours comping vocals it was a different architecture that records got made in in the analog world the vocals are still flawless. I listen back. There's no pitchiness. Mm-hmm. We worked on them and 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 went for them. Um, they were. We still spent a lot of time on them. We, I still spent a lot of time on them. Mm-hmm. It was just. I have to say. I think um, people sang better. I'm sorry. I, I personally <laughs> spent a lot of time with that, and I, I'm perfectly fine with comp. I don't understand why anyone wouldn't be. You're taking hopefully my best performances and making an impossibly best performance that just didn't happen on its own, but it did happen. I did sing those parts. You just took that one line or this chorus. And this Do you know what's significant though? And I noticed this only because I had kids and then, um, you know, hearing modern music or, or popular mm-hmm. music and working with younger people. Cause I am older than I'm, I'm of the older group of record makers. Now um, people hear autotune so much that it is actually embedded into our collective listening experience. And younger people do not hear it when I do. They don't hear it. They don't mm-hmm. recognize it, um, what it sounds like. And so it's accepted and it's not even heard, even when it's pretty brutal. And oh, I'm yeah. like, that is so tuned. Yeah, and, it's, exactly. and, and not in a bad way, not that that society has been dumbed down where they no longer can understand a tuneful vocal, but that, that actual... Um, acoustic phenomenon that takes place when autotune changes the algorithm yeah. and changes the waveform. It's so readily, it's, it's so prevalent that it is not recognized as an anomaly. And I find that amazing and cool, I guess, whatever. It's like, wow, you don't hear that. And I do really, I hear it a lot. And that kind of yeah. leads into um, the, kind of the next thing I want to ask. So, I, I mean, kind of talking about like technology changing and evolving things from a producer and an engineer's perspective, um, how would you say that technology has influenced the way things have changed in the music industry? And do you think it makes it easier for new producers to get involved? Does it make it harder? What, how do you I, view that? I don't think that it actually, um, it, it, I mean, it significantly changed, obviously, the people's access to music on both sides of that, um, of, of that architecture. So, for example, now people can, I can grab my phone, go to Tidal. I only do Tidal because it's paid. And hear a song immediately um, on my phone. Well, that's a given. And, but it also has made the ability to create product that can be ready avail- readily available for our side of it. That um, I mean, there was a time when I couldn't have mixed in a building behind my house that didn't have a console and a tape machine. Now I can. 
therefore I'm more affordable. There's far more um, music out there. The ability to make records um, became more accessible and the ability to get music became more accessible. So it's not like the accessibility out um, outperformed or whatever the ability to make it. So we, we all benefited. All that changed was more people get to make records. Records cost less. Hits are still hits. People still make a metric shit ton of cash if they have a hit. I want a hit really bad. I never really had a hit where I got rich. I would love that because then I would open up a horse rescue. My Oh, other there you go. That sounds and good make to perfume. me. Make records for my friends. There you go. That's the, yep. <laughs> I okay, love cool. it. And you. I like you. I'm like your record for you too. There you go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> are you ready for 20 questions? Coffee yeah. or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Vegetables. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. Indie or major? Indie. Education or experience? Both. Tennessee or Alabama? Alabama. Canada or Scotland? Scotland. Talent or attitude? Talent. City or country? Country. Style or substance? Substance. Yoga or yogurt? Yogurt. (laughs) Elton John or Billy Joel? Elton John. Sure or Sennheiser? Sennheiser. Sorry, sure. I love you too, man. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Mixing or producing? Mixing. Oh, that was an easy... I was surprised by how easy that answer was. Technique Mm. or emotion? Emotion. Michael Jackson... Or Michael Bolton? Michael Jackson. You know, can I interrupt? Oh, no, sorry. I won't. Of course you can interrupt. I got to see the Jackson 5 and the Dancing Machine Tour when they wore the yellow and orange no. of dancing, dancing, dancing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I was like nine. Fuck, oh, wow. That's so cool. That's awesome. yeah. that so cool. Yeah. Celine Dion or mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson? Um, neither. Sorry. Oh, how about, neither how about on a third? My radar. Who comes okay. to mind? Who comes to mind? Sam Cooke. Okay, there we go. He's not got to do with them, but nope, that's what that's I'm thinking about at that moment. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't think Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson are really They're related not... anyway. No, <laughs> I yeah, no. Exactly. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> whale or kale? When you say whale, do you mean like, ah, uh, or like, or like sure. an animal? Ne- yeah, mean, meaning the animal, yeah. But it could be whale. It could be, could be I mean, this, this question really... It. Like this one's completely open to interpretation. Oh yeah, there are there are. I eat a lot of kale. All right. Okay. But I I need you know there are certain aspects of whales that whales are far more important in the world than kale. My need to eat kale. Whales. <laughs> the Selfishly, creature. I want okay. kale more <laughs> than whale. Right. I have right. it every day too. <laughs> yeah. Bet Midler or the Riddler. Bet Midler. So I say love. <gasps> Got it. And the final mm-hmm. question. Oh, please be kind. Okay. Yeah, your final question. Ross or Marcio? I'll do you both. Yeah. <gasps> okay, I, I'm married and I just oh, I just <laughs> We didn't take it okay. like that. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, no. But we are so happy. I need I need you both. Man. I'm so happy you didn't It's pick not going somebody. anywhere without you both. Yes. All right. It makes me happy. I didn't exactly. lose. <laughs> no. No, we're both winners here, Marcia. For aspiring audio engineers and producers, um, what advice would you offer for them to get their foot in the door um, and and whatever that metaphorical door means and put themselves in the best position to build a successful career? You 
I, I could not tell anybody how to get their foot in the door. I really couldn't because I don't know. I really, I do not know how you do that. But I do know that in order for you to find the door, get to get this foot in and find some way to be, um, to do this for a living. I don't know how to tell you how to be a success either because that's a personal um, measure sure. of what is success. You need to, when you're sitting at your console or in front of your DAW, you know, when you're working on stuff, you need to find the confidence in yourself to believe that your taste and your aesthetic can be malleable, can be universal, that you believe that what you're doing to that sound, to that music is true to your, like that, that, that you're crafting something to the best of your ability that's great and that you are an artist not because you have been given that privileged, rarefied right, but that you choose to live in an artistic state of being and that you have confidence to say, I just put a mix up, guys. I really did what I really felt really served this song. I hope you like it. And you did give it your all. And when they come back and there's a thousand changes or they don't, that that didn't hurt. You start over again for them. Your ego can only be part of it insofar as it's the driver for you to actually sit in there for 10 hours and, and, and focus. And that believe that what you are doing um, sounds good. And when you, when you can trust yourself and, and have that confidence, you can at least approach almost any artist and say, I can get it for you, or, you know, I, I can, let me do, like, let me do a mix for you, or uh, you, you have to sit there and believe what you're doing is, um, is that, you're, that you're good at it, that you have talent, and that you're as good as anybody else. And you might not make the, a great deal of money, you might not get your name, or have the recognition that you so richly deserve, um, but that you're, you know, that you're, that you're putting out quality and that you believe and the way to get that is to spend a great deal of time with music and crafting it and working on it and not being afraid to deliver a mix, but then do a whole other mix just for you and put in a lot of that time. Because I don't know how you get your foot in the door. You have to get a system and, and get people's, get, get tracks and work on them the wherever you're going to get them. from it inside, of course. You sit, yeah, you have to. confidence. You well, do winning, a, winning a Grammy young. probably helps with your confidence. <laughs> and I do want to say like that that you you that is a historical moment to be the first woman to win a Grammy uh, for best engineered album. What was, was that awesome. moment like? Yeah, just share so cool. share a little bit. I know that was a while back, but we'd love to hear about it. It, it was it was cool. I got to go with Chad Blake, who was um it was myself and and Chad and Andy, and I had been down in New Orleans and um did a lot of um recording with Cheryl for that record. And I was going old school because she, they wanted to like be able to fit a lot of stuff on a 24 track, you know, stretch of tape. And so I would just take, you know, drums and bust them all down. You know, they were multi-tracked out, but bust them all down to a single mono drum track. And just like how Dan and Malcolm and Mark, Dan Lanois, um, Malcolm Byrne and Mark Howard worked in that studio. Cause I worked at the Lanois studio for a while and, and just crazy stuff, but just like getting this stuff going and, then it all gets sent to Chad to mix, and he actually called me 
to say, I don't know who you are, but these tracks are fantastic. Whatever you do, this crazy mono drum stuff. And, hmm. you know, I thought I was going to maybe even get in trouble or get found out. <laughs> but, um, and he loved it. And then we became fast friends and he became not just a mentor, but like a hero, a personal hero. I loved him then and I, I loved him now. I adored Chad Blake. And he was so helpful to me. So he went to the Grammys with me because I didn't have a boyfriend or anything. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go by myself. Great. This will be embarrassing, more <laughs> embarrassing being around celebrities when I felt not celebrity-ish. I was always around him too when I was around Cheryl and she was mm-hmm. like, Michael Douglas is coming by. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, Meg Ryan's coming by, you know, so you just, you don't, I don't even speak to it. It's just like, mm. <laughs> Because nobody talked to me anyway, so but I never had the right clothes. I always felt like my face was mm. broke out. My ne- mm. makeup was never right. My hair always looked stupid. It looks better now, by the way. <laughs> um, and I just always felt awkward and bizarre. But I'm smart, so it wasn't like I couldn't hold a conversation. So I was terrified, but I had a very expensive dress, and I looked good in it. <laughs> my hair looked wrong. My makeup was wrong. All that was wrong, but me and Chad rolled in, and my feet hurt, and I stepped on Shania Twain's trailing dress thing because we were placed towards the front. And the whole thing was a trip. And then when they said, you know, this was early on pre-show, but the the stars are there pre-show too, Mm -hmm. a lot of them. And they said my name and we went up there and got it. And it was awesome. It it didn't help with my confidence in terms of me thinking, okay, I'm amazing and everything Mm -hmm. I do will be amazing. It helped like my family, especially like my dad and stuff, understand what I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the biggest way they could. And it, and they were very, very proud. And that was cool. And I never got a trophy. I never was a sport person in high school. I never got won anything. I was never going to be, I never got like a cheerleading honor. Mm-hmm. I never got shit. That was my first trophy. And it's heavy and big. I love it. Pretty I have awesome more than trophy one. To be your first trophy. I got three. I know. Oh, I know. And, three um, sure. and the medals they send are quality medallions with yeah. like a beautiful ribbon. No, I love the trappings of it all. And I love you know, Naris and I love the um, Recording Academy for what they do and what they give. You know, the Grammys were, then it was hugely embarrassing. And then I just wanted to go back to Chad's house, shoes off and smoke weed and call but, my friends, <laughs> which is what that. I did. But I do think that it's important that it didn't make you feel like a big shot because I think that would have, no. that, that's, that is the problem if that does that to anybody. You know, no, it made me feel more scared that I really could be found out that I haven't a clue why this or how this is happening, <laughs> where I get the sounds from, how I even come up with any of it. I make it instinct. all up as I go. Instinct, that's the and way. And learn stuff and understand music on a very, very, and I have a very passionate relationship with actual sounds. From your perspective, for artists who are going into the studio, what advice would you, would you give them to make the most out of the session? Like, How can they go in and... Rehearse to a metronome. Yeah. Every single time. How about for singers beyond beyond metronome? Is there anything else? Anything else that they should be? Because that's, of course, the most, you know, out of any musician, it's the most vulnerable, I think, and the most um, anxiety-ridden just to go bury your soul. You know, not that I'm speaking from experience at all, of course. So <laughs> do you have any tips for singers particularly? Well, I, I, I guess I do, because if I could offer an instrument in the studio to help an artist, you know, get through a part or... or call out a part. I I can strum some guitar chords, but I'm an appalling guitar player. Um, I can play on the piano, but I'm, but I'm just, I'm a terrible actual musician. I'm a brilliant musician inside, but I spent all my time learning to record. Mm -hmm. If I'd have spent it all learning to play piano, I'd be a brilliant piano player because I do feel it very deeply, but I can sing enough to say, 
know when you sang this and they'll sing their part. I can do backing vocals. I can come up with whole harmony structures for people. Mm -hmm. And so my voice would be my communicative tool. And so you have to, one, understand that your voice is your instrument. And it is when you walk into the studio, no longer the window into your soul. Because the fact is the window into your soul is your personal realm. And the rest of us really don't care. The song is meant to make a new window into my soul for myself, for me to climb into and view my life. It's your gift to me as the artist. It's why I'm going to pay for your music. It's why I'm going to want to record you. It's why I'm going to want to craft your vocal. And if I love your music, your gift and what I'm paying you for isn't you at all or where you come from or what you do or how you did it. It's that through that song, I will bond. I will attach to it my jewels and my bad stuff. And, it's, and it lets me get to my place. And that, so I don't actually care any longer about why you wrote it, the pain or the glory or anything. And, and I'm not saying that to be mean. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's what I get from a song. If I met Elton John today, and believe me, I love Elton John. Um, and I need him. I can't live in a world where his music isn't because I never have for one thing. And, but when I hear like someone saved my life tonight and those opening chords, it brings me so intensely to a sidewalk in Joliet, Illinois and a specific curb and the heat coming off the sidewalk and my little girl legs and my little girl, you know, trauma of what was going on in my life then that there is no other single thing in the universe that exists that can bring me there except for and that so that's bernie and elton johns and the entire band who played that and the people who arranged it that's their gift to me and i bought it several times um and so they need to come into the studio having removed themselves from their ego removed themselves from all of that and use and know and understand that their voice is an instrument that they can control that they can sculpt and craft and manipulate and that it's time for them to deliver that crafting and that practice. And even if you're young, you wrote a song about the breakup of your hell. If it was about the death of your partner, something so heavy for you and so hard, but you can't come into the studio and actually cry when you sing it. You that's, it's no good. It's only good to you go home because again, you have to be able to say, I've taken this and I have crafted for you and I'm putting it for sale. The, 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 the culmination of this, I'm making it from a bad thing to a good thing. I've released it, you know, and so you need to separate yourself from your ego, your insecurity and all of it and come in and perform at the height of your potential. And when you're in that booth and you got the headphones on and they're going to sound good if you're with me (laughs) and you're going to feel safe if you're with me too, because I am there to capture it. I'm your mirror, you know? And so you need to get in there and then you go to that place where you wrote the song from. Even if you're sick and it happened two years ago and you're in a bad mood or whatever and and you feel fat. You get there and you go to that place and you sing it from that place, but I don't want to know about that place. And if I have to know about that place, that means you're not performing well, you used to drink a lot, you know, whatever. Do you get what I mean? I totally, I'm in silence right now because you're hitting me so hard right now and this is exactly what I need to hear right now personally so it's it's, excellent it's it's perfect and to bring it again around to actual hard advice for a young artist to come into the studio on their booked days Mm -hmm. that isn't you know a a a veteran you know Mm -hmm. vocalist in the studio 
um, you are there to do a job on those days. And that mm. job is to perform. And you do have to get enough experience to understand that that's a skill set mm-hmm. to learn in. You know, you're, you're tired, your throat hurts, you, you do know have to treat your voice um, as an instrument, keep it in tune, get enough sleep, drink a lot of water. And come in and, and, and use it like really cool artists. They'll walk in the control room and they really behave as if Brandy Carlisle's one of them. I mean, she's brilliant at it. She'll walk in, she'll have sung, she'll come in and she'll listen. And she's so objective. It's mm-hmm. almost as if she says, and Brandy wouldn't really have sung it that way. You know, like mm-hmm. in other words, she disembodies herself from her performance, sees that as her, her, her instrument mm-hmm. and is very critical of it. Without, you know, being a drama or, oh, I'm just sounding so shitty because I'm hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. What is wrong? And fix it. Like, and she's super brilliant at separating her emotion from her instrument. And um, and great vocalists in the studio do that. Trina, where's the best place for people to connect with you online? At Mm www.trinashoemaker.com. And you can check me out on Facebook. Of course. All the we socials. Will. We'll be, All the socials. We'll be in Twitter, where I haven't up. posted for probably two years. <laughs> I know, but I, I noticed that when I was doing my research. I go on group. Instagram. Go on Instagram, too. I'm, Perfect, a, I'm okay. a bit of an Instagrammer. All right. Perfect. Cool. And as for us, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. And don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you are there. Absolutely. As I mentioned earlier, my brand new acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, is now available everywhere. I'm also working on my second length solo album you can be a part of it at marcianovelli.com slash pledge follow me on twitter facebook instagram spotify and patreon which are all my name marcia novelli and i'm working on websites for various artists at the moment you can check out my work at electrickkiwi.co.uk you'll find me on twitter and instagram as electric kiwi and facebook electric kiwi design this episode was brought to you by 30 roses a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives as well as chris keaton music entrepreneur hq and social surge all links are in the show notes so check them out because what do they do ross they keep the show alive wow. and if you would like to sponsor the show visit patreon.com slash bridge the atlantic uh, as we mentioned earlier we recently updated our rewards which now includes sponsorship at the start of the interviews as well as an opportunity for you to co-host an episode mm-hmm. uh, make sure to subscribe to us on youtube and itunes so you don't miss any episodes and leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show yes thank you so much trina this has been so fantastic wow. Listen, I loved it. I didn't know what was going to happen here. I've never done anything like this. I loved it. You guys are fantastic. I'm totally going to be so up into Bridge the Atlantic. I'm going to go to all the things. I want to be a sponsor or do something more. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.